So I'm I'm going to be forever inclined to call you Mr. Bariano, much to your chagrin. But today, however, if it's okay with you, I want to can I call you Bruce. Okay. Um, yes, yes, he was. Um, you're 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 a Maryland political icon, Bruce. Um, you've developed polit- many monikers over your long career in Maryland politics, um, and I'm sure you're aware. You're colorful, you're gregarious, you're relentless, and I, I understand you don't sleep very much. <laughs> wow. And even some of your political enemies, if you have them, you might, I, I, they would describe you as extremely effective. It, it, <laughs> and I was talking yesterday to one well-known Annapolis political operator, and he said that you have never lied to him, and he always knows where he stands with you at any time. It, well, and fellow lobbyist Terry Evans, he called, he once called you the James Brown of a lobbying corps. Um, and so, you're 74 years old. You just tur- you just turned 74 last week on February 6th. So happy belated. Oh, seventh. Okay, I'm sorry. Happy belated birthday. And Bruce, you've been through it all. Um, you've <laughs> Your career has risen to the level of a legend, and you've had the career that most men and women, I believe, in Maryland politics, and politics as a whole, could only dream of. So let's start from the beginning. Um, you grew up as the younger of two sons, Jewish parents in the Bronx, New York. When you turned 18, you registered as a Democrat. You still am. You went to George Washington University Law School and undergraduate. And I, I know this interesting tidbit that you were a fraternity brother of former D.C. Mayor Vincent Gray. Is he younger than you? And what a career he's had. I was in a fraternity. My undergraduate was at Duquesne University in Pittsburgh. I was a Sigma Alpha Epsilon, and my fraternity years were some of my best years. Uh, the brotherhood that I learned, the community service, it was a good time in my life. And you worked for former Maryland Senate President William S. James, and then later for the the well-known Steny Hoyer. Um, and then Steny won a congressional seat. Was it 79? 79. And so... 
after you left Steny's office, what did I skip? No, no, please. What was that like for you when he was shot and killed in California? Did you know his daughter Kathleen when you were working? And and when she became lieutenant governor, I saw her one day, and I walked up to her, and she was standing with the state trooper that was with her, you know, the lieutenant governor, the state trooper. And I was Another Maryland legend. Yeah. So I've really been exceedingly fortunate to have worked for four great public servants. Robert Kennedy, Joseph Tidings, William James from Harford County, an extraordinary human being, and of course, your man, Steny Hoyer. Um, August 2008 Baltimore Business Journal article claims that you're, I believe, one of the top paid lobbyists now in Annapolis. And, but let me ask you, Bruce, you put a lot of stock in that figure. Is that supplerative matter to you? When you're number one, shots are always going to be taken at you. Your son is an attorney for the Prince George's County um, Office of Law. Is He was. And he also has a pretty distinct career. Uh, is, is law the family business? Is that in... As a father, you must be, as a father, you must be, that just must overwhelm you with enjoy. (laughs) 
well, as, you know, for me as a dad too, uh, my son plays in a band and he's just incredibly talented, more talented I ever was at, at 15 years old. And I just sit in the back, I just watch in awe that these, this younger generation is just growing. Um, you know, Bruce, during the 90s, you were front and center of Maryland politics and some of your issues, they became spectacles. But let me ask you, what, what were those moments like for you? The, the, the times where it, you, you were, uh, you were under attack or you were dealing with some, some personal stuff? But the way that you've handled it is unbelievable. It tells you who you are at your at, at the darkest moment. Yeah, you're you're a kid from the Bronx. I grew up in Western Maryland in Hagerstown. You have to scrape and crawl back, and and you, you did it. And so, throughout your career, Bruce. You know, you've seen a dozen or more governors come and go, and and let me ask you this: What was your, who was your favorite governor to come and go during this period of your amazing career throughout Maryland politics, and maybe your least favorite person to work with, if you can talk about that? <laughs> A legend. An extraordinary human being, and people just don't understand the, the breadth and depth of the impact that he has had structurally. Was it his style, Bruce, that you liked, or was it something intangible that... Political 
he created the Catholic system that we know today in, in, in Maryland. Right. It's been expanded, it's been Right. So one of the first departments we created was the Department of Natural Resources. Part of the Department of Natural Resources, they were literally over 100 separate entities dealing with various aspects of what we know as the jurisdiction of the Department of Natural Resources. And each of those entities were fiefdoms of power and prestige and what have you. We had to pull them all together and make a Department of Natural Resources and make it successful. So what does he do? He turns the military, former governor of the state of Maryland, former Eastern Shoreman from Crisfield from Somerset County, says, I'm going to make him the first secretary of the department. So all these Eastern was very comfortable with that. And he, because of his stature as a former governor, is a highly regarded Eastern Shoreman, he was able, under Governor Mandel's tutelage, to, to create that, that agency and bring all of these disparate it's putting bureaucracy to work. That's an incredible, that's incredible. Bruce, what was your what is your relationship now with Governor Hogan compared to that of Governor O'Malley? Where did the tension derive from? Did you ever tell him that? So Montgomery, Prince George's, Baltimore City. Yep. 
we didn't have to use the internet. I mean, he, he also told me, he also said something like that. You know, people yeah, right, right. Yeah. 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 What's interesting, he would say that when he was someone who claimed to support criminal justice reform in the way that he did. Is that hypocritical? I knew his father. Uh, I knew his father, but, uh, uh, but Governor Hogan and I uh, became very close friends. Quickly, uh, uh, once he became a uh, member of uh, Governor Hogan's cabinet, we spent a lot of time together. We socialized together. Uh, just had a lot of great, great uh, times socially, sports events, uh, politically. A lot of breaking bread and meals together. I, I was honored and privileged to attend his wedding with the First Lady and um, really got to know him. I, I just love the man. I really do love him. And he knows that I keep telling him. Do you want him to be president? I want him to be governor of state. That's fair. Do you think he wants to be president? He, he won't say whether or not he wants to be president, but. <laughs> Well, he certainly has a, a mandate based on his general election. And did you? You are. Was this the Mercedes that had like 260,000 miles on it? Yeah. Yeah. I remember in Frederick, you, he had a rally uh, maybe a few weeks out. I was there. You stood in Frederick with a Democrats for Hogan sign. Bruce, did you get any flack from the Democratic Party for your support of Hogan? No. 
Republic. Yeah. Yeah. I am not a Mickey Mouse. What does that mean? <laughs> That's funny. I think that's what distinguishes you from other other people in 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 politics in general. You're a face to face guy. I know that you are somewhat averse to using technology. Do you use a computer? Do you use email? I see your flip phone. What about email on the flip phone? Yeah. that the truth <laughs> this is a broad question a general question what what is your take on this place here in annapolis and by the way we're sitting in the uh the house office building in the public lounge here at uh room 140 bruce how does this place really operate and who are the power brokers here who really controls annapolis Yeah. Let me ask you this question. What signature policy issues that are personal to you? What gets you jazzed up as far as legislative issues? Right. Um, and I think doing that, it really weakens the family structure because um, 
Unfortunately, in the legislature, there's this notion that the businesses can just absorb everything and uh, they can pass it on and And that's just not accurate. It's not the real world. And a lot of your business people, just everyday Marylanders, that are from the state or in the state working hard. You said a word, and you used the word moderate. There used to be such thing as conservative Democrats or moderate Democrats and moderate Republicans, but a conservative Democrat and a moderate Republican are all but seemingly extinct in our current political culture. Maybe Larry Hogan defines more of the moderate side of being a Republican, but what happened there, Bruce? What happened to our politics that it's almost uh, a, a negative to be termed a moderate Democrat or a moderate Republican? It's an issue by issue state. If you want a diverse, if you want a diverse state of all types of people, you can't be extreme on either side. You really can't. Because even among our own personal friends and relationships, people have divergent views. They really do on any particular subject. It has to be respected. Uh, just because someone has a different view doesn't mean that they're, they're ignorant or they're dumb or they're, or they're, or they're a bad person. That, that's very offensive. If someone has a different view, this country is all about people with different views. The, the, the thing that keeps this country going good governors and bad governors, good presidents and bad presidents, is the First Amendment. Yeah. And, and I think we need yep. to be more tolerant and more accepted of, of people's views and, and ways of life. And, 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 uh, and we're not. And that's a very sad thing. We've made various progresses, but... but it's just so long, so difficult. I mean, on the social end, I'm, uh, I've always been very strong socially. Mm -hmm. It disturbs me greatly that, uh, and, and some of it is it's, it's my Jewish faith. I mean, uh, what the Jewish people have historically been through, what I've uh, taught at, at home and in Hebrew school and religious school. But, um, you really have an empathy for, uh, for, for, for people. 
And I just hope at some point, and I don't know if I'll be around it, but I, really, I just hope that people treat each other like that treat each other. Well, you know what? I, I was thinking back to last year um, in 2018 during the middle of the campaign when it was, I think it was May 9th or 10th when Kevin Kamenetz passed away. It, that was one of those moments where even though if people disagreed with Kevin, they said that he was his heart was always in the right place for Baltimore County. And I, I went, went to the funeral service, and that was a moment where we all stood together and said this was someone who was a leader in our state. And people came out to remember him, to support his wife, Jill, and the two boys. I thought that that moment was defining for the last campaign during that time. Yeah. Right. But those who watched uh, uh, John Cain's show, you know, the speakers there, uh, and, and uh, I mean, if there wasn't uh, such a, an effort by, by all the speakers to, you know, let, let's, let's, let's renew ourselves to the thing that John Cain stood for and, and sacrificed for and what happened. It's very moving and powerful. I know I had tears in my eyes to some of the speakers. But next day, <laughs> Back to business as usual. You've seen a lot of politicians, and earlier in our conversation, you talked about former Governor Marvin Mandel. But Bruce, who do you, looking back at your career, who who was one of the best politicians that you've ever had the privilege to work with and to work beside? Was it Governor Mandel? Yeah. Anybody that comes close to that? Larry Hogan. Um, let me ask you this. The one thing that you value in this lifetime, we're, we're on this planet for a very short time, and as the older I get, I'm 33, the more that I value relationships. What is it for you? What is that one thing that you value? That's what life's all about. It gives you the pleasure, it gives you the comfort, it gives you the protection, it gives you the challenge, the stimulus. To get you out to Western Maryland. You've seen a lot of young people in this town, and it's great. It's it's refreshing to see people interested in politics. What are those? What is the one or two political lessons that you would impart to people entering the the world of politics, especially here in Annapolis? Take one day at a time. You're not going to learn politics to you. 
So put the phones down and go out and talk to people face to face. Bruce, you're still a young man, and you've had a career as that some would describe as cinematic. And you know, in fact, if I were smart, (laughs) cinematic. Yeah, you know, and if I think if I were smart enough, I'd probably get rid of this podcast gig and write the Bruce Barriano movie myself and make a few bucks. But oh, I think so. But when does? And, And this might be a question that you've pondered. But when does this gig end for you? When? You're in good health. Great hospital. You know, I'm Catholic and you're Jewish, and I think there's a joke to be made that, yeah. <laughs> Where were you at on New Year's Eve? Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, I continue that tradition. It's very comfortable to like it. 
Well, I have to tell you, Bruce, this this interview today, and as someone who's young and is getting involved in the Annapolis scene of covering politics, there's a lot for me to learn. And you're one of the people that I thought instantly before I, you know, I jumped into this and spent some time during session. I wanted to talk to and have this conversation. No, well, no, I don't. I, I'm not trying to flatter you, but um, but you know, this interview is is excellent. And uh, finally. I, I wanted to ask you, can I reserve my tickets to your tent? I've been there. This will be my. <laughs> How many talls have you done? Yeah. And the tent. Seven or eight years. You put a tent, and for the listeners, I'm sure most people who are listening will know, and set, I'll set the scene, every year it's typically one of the hottest days of the year, and Chris Field is one of the southern, I think it's the southernmost point um, in, in Maryland, yeah, and down in Somerset, Smith Island, and they make delicious cakes. Mm. Well, you had them in your tent, right? I remember. It's the place to be, and to set the scene, it's what six hundred people, maybe or more. Okay, so I'm way off. Uh, that's that is impressive. I was in the tent last year, and you walk around and you see so many people. Food's great, and it looks. I, I'll tell you, I've been on the outside of the tent. It beats standing in line during that heat. My wife and I. No. Wrap, wrapping up, Bruce, let me ask you this. Uh, there's going to be a lot of changes over the next four years. Uh, who are the future leaders in Maryland? Who do you see that could potentially become the next governor or become the next Senate president? Um, you know, and, you know, S- Senator Miller, uh, we're hoping and praying that he gets healthy soon, and I, I think he will. And there's a lot of support behind him. But who do you see as the future leaders in Maryland politics, Bruce? Some very good people to choose from. 
Boyd Rutherford was just incredibly dedicated, sincere, public servants, and he and the government are doing very well together. You've got a new town in seconds, and you have both Adam Wondo, Prince George, Boyd McCallum, Young, Vibrant, Karen, individuals, and the support of Chesky and Stuart Pittman, Calvin Ball, and Howard County, and Young, Well, I think we'll end on that high note. Bruce, it's a pleasure to to talk with you today. Well, this was an opportunity of a lifetime, and uh, I hope you come back. No, I mean that. I, I hope you come back. what it's all about. Well, amen to that. Bruce Berriano, everybody. Thank you so much for coming on. All righty.